Kawhi Leonard is back, ladies and gentlemen, and he looked pretty good to me as the Clippers with John Wall, Paul George, Norman Powell, Nico Batum, and Ivica Zubats, and Reggie Jackson making their preseason debuts come up with another victory, this time against NBA competition, the Portland Trailblazers, 102-97, and I'm going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. He's back. Let's go. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team, every day. I am your host, Darian Vaziri, 18 years a Clipper fan. Also, I have my own YouTube channel where I talk about LA sports, primarily Clippers basketball, post-game recaps, also game day vlogs, and NBA history and the NBA at large. You can find me on Twitter, at DimeDripperPod, but also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Dime Dropper on YouTube, but also subscribe to Locked On Clippers on YouTube. It's the fact, fastest way to grow the channel. And today's question, how did you think Kawhi Leonard looked in his debut, or should I say return to the court, his season debut or preseason debut, but his return to the court after over a year, having last played in game four against the Utah Jazz in the 2021 second round, he was back. And he started the game tonight alongside Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Nico Batum, and Ivica Zubats, which is exactly the starting lineup that I've been saying I wanted since the first couple of episodes. But Ty Lue's also saying Marcus Morris Sr., is going to start to start the season. And you know I've kind of been against that, but I'm going to be talking about that on the Wednesday pod. For this Tuesday pod, it's all about the claw. Return of the claw. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm not a singer. But, guys, this guy comes out. And, by the way, Portland played their entire regular starting lineup as well. Damian Lillard was back and obviously missed a ton of time last season with the abdomen injury. Josh Hart. Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, first look at him in a Blazers uniform, and Yusuf Nurkic started alongside with him. So both teams went with their full-on squads, and that was really great to see. And when both squads were out there, it was the Clippers squad that was superior. And the Portland Trailblazers started off the game switching everything, 1-5. to five. Yusuf Nurkic got switched on to Kawhi very early in the game, and Kawhi Leonard's first shot was a pull-up three right over him, and it went in. And, I mean, for Kawhi Leonard's first shot to go in after missing all this time, I was so excited. It looked, it was awesome. And then he did miss a couple of shots after that, but what I really loved was how aggressive he was. Since the Blazers were switching everything, he was getting Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard switched onto him, and he was going right to the post. And weirdly, this game was called very differently than the game against Maccabi Ra'anana the other day. That game was very ticky-tack in terms of the whistles they were giving and uh, blowing. Everything was a foul. Constantly, teams were in the bonus. This game was a little more physical. When guys were trying to drive, they were allowing a little bit of hand-checking, a little bit of shoving. 
and Kawhi was getting a little physical treatment against him by the defense, especially with those smaller guards on him, and it, it caused him to take some tougher shots, and he was one for six in the beginning, but he got to the line a couple of times, and there were times even where he was over-dribbling, which that's a good thing right now, because that's telling me he's okay. He was trying to dance, his handle looked good. It looked like he hadn't really missed that much time, and by the end of the game, or by the end of the, the his his night was over, he was three for eight from the field. So not even that crazy inefficient. He only shot that one three that I just talked about was his first shot of the game, made it, and then made all his free throws. So Kawhi Leonard, he finished with 11 points, four rebounds, and two assists. And if you're wondering what minutes he played, in 16 minutes, by the way, and if you're wondering what minutes he played, he started out the game, he came out at the 536 mark of the first quarter, and then he came back at the 119 mark of the first quarter. So he came back in quicker than I expected. I thought... We would see him just a little bit more in the second quarter, but he actually stayed in from that 119 mark of the first quarter all the way to the 337 mark of the second quarter, and then he was taken out of the game and never came back in. But I like the way he looked. I think defensively, honestly, he looked a little more rusty than offensively. I thought he was a little slower getting out to shooters, but offensively, I was so encouraged by what I saw. As I said, guys, the efficiency is going to come. It's going to take a couple of games, but his elevation looked good. His quickness and burst looked good. And as I said, he's never been the quickest speedy guy off the dribble. He just needs enough to get guys on his hip and look like he used to. And he did. There was one play where he turned the corner really nicely, went around the basket from underneath like he was Steve Nash and dropped this beautiful bounce pass in between two defenders to Ivica Zubats. So, and there was another time where Kawhi was driving and he had a nice little put the ball over his head and then swung it with his backhand to the right corner for a three-pointer. I think it was Nico Batum who hit the shot. I could be mistaken on that. I think it was Nico, though. It was the only three that he made. And I was very impressed with those two passes. So the first test for Kawhi Leonard, ladies and gentlemen, passed with flying colors, in my opinion. He looked really solid, and I can't wait for him to continue to get back into rhythm. But also, Paul George, he looked the best of anyone on the Clippers, in my opinion. I mean, the guy's been talking about how focused he is, how locked in he is, how his body feels great. And man, he looked great. His baskets were just so beautiful. I mean, there was one where he was on a fast break, lifted the ball over his head, one, two elongated steps, reverse layup coming on the left side with his right hand. It was so beautiful. And then there was one play where I'm pretty sure it was John Wall that threw him the ball, not 100%, but I think it was John Wall. It was a basic pass though. He gets the ball 18 feet away, turns right away without even putting the ball on the floor and rises over the top of his defender to hit a jump shot. So beautiful. He had a couple of threes as well. Yeah, he was two for five from three, four for seven from the field overall. He had 12 points and he played 16 minutes. As far as Paul George, he came out at the 415 mark of the first quarter. So he played a little bit more than Kawhi did in that stretch. And then he came out as well at the 337 mark. Paul George, Clipper fans, Clipper Nation, he looks fantastic right now. So I'm really excited about the way he's going to play this season. And he also had seven rebounds in those 16 minutes too. So 12.7 rebounds, also a steal on four for seven from the field and two for five from three. Paul George looking fantastic. And then there's John Wall, who played a good amount in the first half and had his good and bad moments. I thought he played 14 minutes, was one for four. 
Made his only three, though, and made both of his free throws. Five points, three assists, also two turnovers. I thought the one thing about John Wall was he was pressing a little bit. Like, he came in, and he clearly wants to show what he's got. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He was out there with Norman Powell a lot, and I think that one thing John needs to realize is that this team is really talented, and I don't think that the Clippers need John Wall to handle the ball and pick and roll every single possession when he's in the game. And he was handling the ball and running pick and rolls for himself almost every single time down. And what that results in is usually John creating the shots for the entire team every time down. But I think when you have a Norman Powell out there that can play, make, and pick and roll, and you could argue is better than John Wall right now, you should allow him to play, make, and pick and roll a little bit too because if he becomes relegated to a spot-up shooter, he's going to feel the need to press more himself. And I think that's kind of what happened in the game today where Norman Powell was kind of shooting every time he touched the ball. And I think it's because John Wall was handling the ball so much. And I think there were a couple times where, not I think, there were a couple times where Norman Powell came up to the top and tried to get the ball from John Wall, I think, because he wanted to run a pick and roll himself. And John Wall did give him the ball, but you got to remember, Norman Powell said that he wants to be an all-star. So he has an individual goal set for himself. And I just don't want the egos to get in the way in terms of, and again, I'm, this is not me saying that it's, it's going to be a problem or, you know, I'm just, look, I'm just observing what I'm seeing and I just don't want their egos to get in the way. And when I say egos, I don't mean that they're going to be toxic or anything like that. But Norman Powell wants to prove himself and John Wall wants to prove himself. And I don't want John Wall just handling the ball every time down the floor and pick and roll. Now, as for what he was doing, I thought he looked really quick. He was getting in the paint like we wanted. And the thing is, in the second unit, the Blazers were playing a little bit of drop coverage defense. So they weren't just switching everything. And when teams drop, I think John Wall, even though he doesn't have really a mid-range game, that, that doesn't have that great of a mid-range game, he still has that burst where he can get to the rim and elevate to the point where the big man needs to step up and try to contest, and that will leave the rolling big man open. Or if someone's helping the helper, he can find an open corner shooter. And I think one of my favorite plays I saw from John Wall tonight was where his IQ showed, and that was somebody swung the ball to him in the corner, and he had an open three, but he was like, you know what, Robert Covington, better three-point shooter than I, extra swing, and Rocco made a three from the top of the key. So, And that was also Rocco's only three that he made. He was one for four from deep. And the reason why he was one for four from deep is because the other three threes he shot were not necessarily wide open and could have been passed up. But it's preseason, so who cares? As far as John Wall, though, the only bad things he really did, there was one time where he was, where some they, the Blazers were switching and he went isolation and took a tough mid-range shot that clanked off the backboard and off the rim. And then two turnovers where he just made the wrong read. But again, these are going to be kinks that are worked out. I still liked his aggressiveness. He got to the foul line and made four free throws. I'm sorry, two free throws. And then he made a deep three. And it was really funny when he shot that deep three. He had just made a couple of questionable plays right before that. When he shot that, I was like, oh my God, John Wall needs to chill out. But he made it. So, And it was a deep three. It was well behind the line. So overall encouraging signs from John Wall. I just hope that Norman Powell and him figure out a nice balance because Norman Powell was really pressing and he was inefficient as a result. But also as part of it was just, it's just a bad, sometimes it's just a bad shooting night. And that was that for Norman Powell tonight. One for 11 and 0 for 5 from 3. But coming up, I'm going to talk about how the Clippers actually won the game in the second half. It was really interesting. and It was a fourth quarter flurry led by a certain caffeinated individual. We'll talk about that coming up. 
Folks, let me tell you something about Built Bar. Finally got my pack. It came with coconut, cookies and cream, and raspberry. And I'll tell you what, I was actually very surprised with how these tasted. I thought it was going to be kind of crunchy, but it was kind of like very chewy. It has like some kind of caramel nougat-y kind of thing on the inside. I wouldn't take my word with those exact ingredients, but it sure tasted good. It tasted like a legitimate candy bar, and it has 100% real chocolate, so that's probably why it, that was the case. And also, 17 grams of protein. A couple days, the last couple of days, I've kind of been late rushing to work, and I don't have time to eat breakfast, so I just grabbed myself a Built Bar. And it's 17 grams of protein, gets the job done, tastes really good as well with that 100% chocolate. It reminds me, the raspberry one I actually really like because it kind of reminds me of those Brookside pomegranate chocolate things, if you know what I'm talking about. So go ahead and grab yourself a box. You won't regret it. 17 grams of protein. Just go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. That's LOCKEDON15. They're really good. Chewy goodness, ladies and gentlemen. Grab your built bar. Okay. So the Clippers started out the second half with John Wall, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George done for the night. Terrence Mann also, by the way, did not play. He had the night off tonight. So you saw a lot of Robert Covington, Amir Coffey, Xavier Moon, Brandon Boston Jr., and Lucas Williamson in the second half. And by the way, it should be I should mention that Luke Kennard only played four minutes. He made one three. Of course he did. And then he tweaked his ankle, so he was out for the rest of the game. I don't think it's anything too serious, just precautionary. Don't want any of the players getting injured in preseason, especially somebody like Luke. But overall, the Clippers led after the first quarter 27-22. to They were even up by nine early in the game because of the start that Kawhi, Paul George, and the folks got up off to and something to be noted about the Clippers they were switching one through four on defense so Paul George Reggie Jackson Kawhi and Batum were switching on every single screen except when Yusuf Nurkic said it and when Yusuf Nurkic set a screen Ivica Zubats was in drop coverage and again doing a really solid job deterring guys at the rim he got a block there was one time where he went up vertically against Jeremy Grant and it looked like it could have been a foul, but it was really physical. Just took the hit to the chest, vertical. Looked like he also got some ball. That may have actually been the block. He had eight points and two boards, and a couple times rolled to the rim really well and was found on some nice dimes by Kawhi, one of them, the one I mentioned in the first segment. And then Paul George had a really nice pocket pass when he was kind of blitzed at the top of the key. So Ivica Zubats showing some really solid signs on both ends of the floor tonight, which I'm not surprised by at all because I like Zoo, and I know everybody's so critical of him. But I liked what I saw. He had eight points and two boards. He was four for five from the field in 17 minutes and was plus 13 in his minutes. Nico, decent, doing Nico things. Good rotations, communicating. He only got three shots off. It were all threes, only made one on a pass from Kawhi. He had three points in the game. But the versatility on defense there for the Clippers was really good, and you love to see it. Especially with Damian Lillard back. And you're seeing it against actual NBA competition, elite NBA competition. And Damian Lillard looked like his old self tonight. Coming off screens, you cannot give that guy room. You cannot drop too big if you're the big. Because he'll walk into those threes, even a foot or two behind the line, maybe three or four feet behind the line. He was still on that. And Damian Lillard had 16 points on 5 for 13 shooting tonight. But Reggie Jackson, so another guy who, with so many on-ball creators kind of 
needs to figure out a way that he can keep his rhythm as well. I think it's going to be great to have him as more catch-and-shoot Reggie, which we saw such a great success with in the 2021 season. But at the same time, he still needs to get the ball. You know, he still needs to get those catch-and-shoot looks regularly so he can have the rhythm to occasionally dance a little bit and do the Reggie thing where he surprises us with huge shots at the times that we need him most. And in the beginning, it felt like Reg was a little bit out of rhythm, but then he got a catch-and-shoot three that he made, and he had another one right after as well. So that was an encouraging sign as he finished off the first half, and that was the end of his night. He was 2-for-7 and 2-for-6 from deep with 7 points. And I like that he's starting. I think he's a better fit alongside Kawhi and Paul because of his off-ball ability, as I've said, especially with the way John Wall is handling the ball. If he wants to do that, I definitely think he should come off the bench because I think that, again, I want Kawhi and Paul with the ball when they're in the game more than anybody. And guys taking touches away from them, I don't really want that, especially to start games. But the second half, we saw a lot of, by the way, Norman Powell to start, and he continued to miss. Even though you got to see him do his thing where he could get himself in rhythm, he didn't have to worry about John Wall being on the court. He just was having a tough night, simple as. I don't think it's anything to look look into too deeply. I think his defense, though, at times was a little bit lazy getting over screens. So, And I, I did say in some of the episodes, guys, that Norman had good and bad moments on defense last season. So he needs to be a little sharper on that end if he wants to get the role that he thinks he can get in order to achieve his individual goal of being an all-star, which I don't think he's going to achieve based on this roster and based on what the team needs from him. Just They, don't, they just don't need that much from him in terms of like 20-plus points to be an all-star. But he needs to play defense to even stay on the court for that kind of opportunity, to even, to even play 20-plus minutes a game. But the, his night ended shortly after he played 18 minutes. And then Robert Covington came out of the game. So we saw a lot of Musa Diabate, Amir Coffey, Brandon Boston Jr., and Lucas Williamson. And before I get into those guys, by the way, the Blazers kept their starters in in the third quarter. And as a result, outscored the Clippers 34-19 to because it was just a simple talent disparity. But Moses Brown played eight minutes, and it wasn't great. We talked about in the, in the episode with Asher that he kind of lacked a little bit of athleticism and speed maybe at the NBA level, and that's exactly what it looked like. He just looked a little bit slower, looked like he was he needed to drop too deep in drop coverage when guys were getting over screens, and that's because he's afraid that if he steps up a little bit more, he'll get blown by off the dribble, and that it, that's tough because with all these great shooting guards in the league, if... If the Clippers don't have an insane, lengthy defender, which they do a lot of times, getting over those screens, guys are going to be walking into open threes if guys if the center isn't stepping up a bit. And if Moses Brown is, is unable to step up because he's afraid he's going to get blown by, then they, he won't be able to play. He's not going to be able to play. And his hands also, he had a couple of moments where he kind of fumbled the ball around the basket. He looks like... He's just not ready for this kind of team. And what I, mean, what I mean by this kind of team is a team that has championship expectations. This is not a development team. This is a championship or bust situation. But there is a guy who was so pivotal in the win tonight that you just... It, it doesn't even matter that Moses Brown looked like that. And that's Musa Diabate. Guys, I said he was the player I was most impressed with the other night against Maccabi. But tonight, he did it against NBA-level competition, and he was 
absolutely everywhere. I am so impressed with this guy. He was guarding legitimately one through five. He was deterring shots at the rim. He was switching on to everyone on defense. And he even stuck with Anthony Simons on the perimeter and slid his feet beautifully. And on top of that, he had a nice little left-handed layup around the basket and got offensive rebounds as well, one of which created second-chance points where Amir Coffey went to the basket and tied the game at 81 in the fourth quarter after the Clippers went down by seven points because the Blazers outscored them 34-19 to in the third, and that's because they were switching everything and forcing the Clippers' lesser players like Xavier Moon and Brandon Boston Jr. to play a lot of iso ball. And Brandon was cold for a large stretch, and I don't think he was actually forcing it too much because they were just going iso. I'm sorry, they were going switch everything, which forces isolation basketball, and he's an isolation player, and we didn't have that many iso players out there. So Brandon was fine. I thought he was doing the right things, just wasn't really hitting that much until later in the game. And Xavier Moon, honestly, you know, we saw him last season play some games for the Clippers and against Brooklyn on the road especially stuck out and he played really well and got that win when the Clippers were so shorthanded and I think he has a chance to be the 15th man at, at the very minimum play for Agua Caliente because he actually has a good feel for the game I think he's a high IQ player you know he did turn the ball over two times but he also got four assists and made some really solid passes and he's got a good handle and good athleticism too he's just small he's just small but I really like that guy however back to Musa guarding everyone. I mean, six points, 11 rebounds, five of those were offensive rebounds, two blocks, two for four from the field, two for four from the foul line, but he was pivotal in the win tonight. 19 minutes for him, and then Amir Coffey, 12 points in the fourth quarter to lead the Clippers to a 31-19 fourth quarter over the Blazers, and that ended up in a 102-97 win for the Clippers. Amir Coffey was getting to the basket, which he does so well, but one thing he also does really well, when guys cut off his drive, he does a really good job of hitting a nice jump stop and shooting that short little six-footer or eight-footer. He has good footwork on the drive, and he had a couple nice little floaters, he was two for four from deep, including the dagger three to give the Clippers a Lawler's Law. First to 100 wins. You already know it's the law. And the Clippers won 102 to 97, led by Amir Coffey and Musa Diabate off the bench. And coming up, I'm going to talk about the switch everything lineup we saw with the starters or with the, you know, the main men, Kawhi and Paul in the first half. That was so encouraging and exactly what the Clippers are going for. I'm going to be going in depth about that, as well as the encouraging signs from Brandon Boston Jr. to close the game. Coming up next. Okay, to close out the show, one thing I really loved was that the Clippers had a lineup in the second quarter that was Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, John Wall, Reggie Jackson, and Nico Batum. So Nico playing small ball center, and then Kawhi and Paul make a big front court. But a kind of undersized backcourt, I prefer to see Terrence Mann or Norman Powell instead of one of these two point guards, Reggie and John. But considering the lineup the Blazers had out there, which was a lineup without Yusuf Nurkic, the Clippers were switching everything, and it was causing the Blazers to shoot a lot of just contested jump shots with Simons and Dame. And that was the defensive personnel and versatility that the Clippers are going for this season. That switch everything that ability to switch everything is going to kill teams' advantages in pick and roll and make them play isolation basketball. And that's going to give Kawhi and Paul George rests on defense in ways too because they don't have to fight over certain screens with guys. They don't have to stick to their man and fight over every screen. You'll be like, oh, screen switch. 
it's just fantastic, and it makes the other team work harder and funnels it to their best players a lot more as well and can take other guys, role players, out of rhythm. So that was extremely encouraging. You love to see that. And then Brandon Boston Jr., I mentioned that he was kind of struggling with his shot, but there were really encouraging signs from him in the fourth quarter. On defense, I already said that Brandon showed a lot of potential last year, but he showed more of that tonight. Really long arms. He had some really good defensive denials off the ball on guys, and he's got good anticipation in the passing lanes and long arms. There was even one time where he went and deterred somebody at the rim, and he also got two rebounds as well. And as the game went on, he started heating up a bit. He had one move where he had a nice jump stop in the middle of the paint, stopped on a dime and put it up a little six-footer in the middle of the key, and then to end the game in the fourth quarter, two threes, one of them contested at the top, isolating from straight away, and then right after that, he put us up 97-91 with the right corner three, and the guy defending him was right in his grill too. It was not an open shot by any means, so big time shooting deep in the clutch from Brandon Buckets Jr. But Amir Coffey was really the star of that fourth quarter. He was awesome. As for the Blazers side of things, I think they're going to be a decent team this year. I think Jeremy Grant's going to be amazing for them. He had some extremely athletic blocks tonight that were just like, wow. And Anthony Simons is going to continue to develop. But that starting lineup is kind of small with Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, and Anthony Simons. It's like you replace CJ McCollum with another very talented, scoring, smaller guard who's even smaller than CJ. I think Dame's going to have another really good season, like be a top 11 to 20 player in the NBA. But I see that team in the play-in spots, like 9 or 10, maybe 8 if other teams get hurt. But I think the Timberwolves are better. I think New Orleans is better. I think Memphis is better, Lakers even, because they have multiple stars. At the end of the day, Simons could be a star in the making. Jeremy Grant... He can be an all-star caliber player sometimes, but the last time we saw him on a contender, he was a good role player, not an all-star caliber player. But when he was on Detroit, he was the best player on the team. So that's why I say that. Overall, they've got one star, and that's Dame. And their bench is a little suspect. I mean, shout-out to Justice Winslow and Keon Johnson, two former Clippers. You know, they have Nasir Little coming off the bench and Gary Payton Jr., but I think they're going to lack offense off the bench. I think what would be interesting is if they would start Gary Payton Jr. and go with a really defensive lineup around Dame and then bring Simons off the bench for offensive scoring punch. That would be interesting and try to get Simons to go for six man of the year. But that's just food for thought. Overall, really encouraging signs, ladies and gentlemen. Kawhi Leonard looked aggressive and that's what you want to see. Paul George looked smooth. John Wall getting back into the swing of things. Some good, some bad. Although, I also want to mention John Wall's defense looked really solid, especially in that switch everything stretch towards the end of the second quarter. He's very strong, and his effort level was high, and that's what you know about John Wall. He really wants this. He really wants this. But Amir Coffey, let me just read you the stat line to end it off. 12 points in the fourth quarter, but overall he had 16 points. I'm sorry, 15 points on 5 for 8 shooting and 2 for 4 from deep. He was the Clippers' leading scorer in the game. Brandon Boston ended with 10 points on 3 for 11 shooting, but 2 for 4 from 3, and he made the shots that counted. Overall, it was not a very pretty game. The Clippers shot 38% from the field, but they shot 39.5% from 3 on 15 makes and 38 attempts. Shot better from the line in this game, 25 for 33, that's 76%. And held the Blazers to 40% from the field and only 28.6% from 3. So the defense was good. 
So the Clippers win it 102-97. They outscore the Blazers 31-19 and get their second W of preseason, 2-0. You'll have to see it. And I'm excited for the next game. And by the way, shout out to Seattle, their fans, the crowd. It was just awesome to see the great Lenny Wilkins, the great former Clipper, two-time six-man of the year with the Clippers, Jamal Crawford in the building, the rain man, Sean Kemp, longtime Sonics play-by-play announcer Kevin Calabro, who Brian Seaman shouted out on the broadcast, and of course, the glove, Gary Payton, and Detlef Schrempf, and big smooth Sam Perkins. I mean... The stars were out, and the Sonics fans were chanting Super Sonics. I mean, come on. You can't not feel sympathy for them. You want the Sonics to come back, and at least I do. I want the Sonics back. But anyway, I think expansion will happen in due time. Final score, 102.97 from the formerly known as the Key Arena, now known as the Climate Pledge Arena. The Clippers move on to 2-0 in preseason. And by the way... Make sure to comment on the YouTube channel, as I said. How did Kawhi Leonard look to you? Give me a grade, 1 through 10. 1 through 10, how did he look based on what you expected of him, not compared to his 2021 self being a 10. But that's it for me tonight, guys, or today, guys. doesn't matter. I don't know if you're listening at night or day. The next game will be actually at... The Staples Center or the Crypto.com Arena on Sunday, October 9th versus the Minnesota Timberwolves with, hopefully we'll be seeing Rudy Gobert in that one, our old friend from Utah. But if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel, DimeDropper, for more Clipper content and more basketball content about the league at large. Thank you so much. Remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the podcast and leave a review if you'd like and continue to give me constructive criticism. And if you do give me constructive criticism, please tell me what specifically you think I said wrong, what you want me to do better. You know, you can even put the minute of the show that I said something you didn't like or something like that and point it out to me. I'm always down if you get specific with me. Just don't say something mean with no context and be like, yeah, you suck or I hate this. And then I don't know what I'm improving on or I need to improve on. But that's it for me tonight, guys. Have a great day. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow. And the age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. We back, baby. He back. The Claw. With a capital L-A.